0: This is the Best of Daily Devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information, go to Believerstogether.com. We pick up our story today in John chapter 18, right as Jesus is being arrested and being marched off to the cross. For three years now, Jesus had dodged murder attempts and all efforts to arrest him. He often spoke in terms of his time had not yet come, but it seems that, well, finally it had. Yet it was no surprise to him. There's nothing to lead us here to conclude that things were in any way out of control or that there was any sort of panic, well, at least on the part of Jesus. The writer John took a distinctively different approach to the arrest and the crucifixion of Jesus than his counterparts did in the other three Gospels. Now we're going to see these differences and we'll note them as we go along. But already we see that John left out the account of Jesus' agony in prayer that night in the garden, as well as the shortcomings of the apostles as they fell asleep during prayer, maybe because it's, well, also incriminating. John seemed to be far more concerned about the resurrection than the events that led up to the cross. John was more into the supernatural Jesus than Jesus who overcame death, more than he was focused upon the humanity of Christ or even his humility. As we begin in verse 1, we read, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. The Brook Kidron was dry most of the year. It flowed right along the southeast wall of the city of Jerusalem between the city and the Mount of Olives. It was in itself, well, quite unremarkable and, well, perhaps even inconsequential to the average passerby. But it was down this little valley where King David fled from the rebellion of his son Absalom back in 2 Samuel 15, 23. It was here that Asa burned the abominable image in 1 Kings 15, 3. It was right here that Josiah caused the idolatrous vessels to be burned in 2 Kings 23, 4. And back in the reign of Hezekiah, the Levites carried the unclean things into this valley, back in 2 Chronicles twenty nine sixteen, And finally in Jeremiah He called it the Valley of the Dead Bones and of the Ashes in Jeremiah 31.40. The historical records tell us that the average Passover would hold the sacrifice of more than a quarter million lambs. Now that would, of course, create an enormous gruesome mess. A lot of blood on that one altar in the temple. So to handle this enormous volume of blood, the priests designed a channel that was built into the floor of the temple. And in that channel, the blood would flow along and eventually it would empty into the brook Kidron. Perhaps Jesus, on his way to the garden that evening, in my mind's eye, he might have looked down as he crossed that small creek and saw all that blood underneath his feet and realized and acknowledged all of it that it was just merely a temporal covering for sin, one that had no end, well, up until then anyway, for he knew his blood that would be shed for sin would be the last that would be ever necessary. John would write that Judas knew about this place and that the apostles apparently camped there at night. It's clear by the recording of this fact that Jesus was not trying to hide and he wasn't trying to avoid arrest. I mean, he was certainly able to do so. He was able to get away when he needed to, for we saw him do it many, many times throughout the Gospels. But this night, well, things were different. It was this night that was foreordained that he would be arrested. You see, Jesus, well, he was simply keeping his appointment In verse two, we read now Judas who betrayed him also knew this place for Jesus often met there with his disciples. You know, God is never surprised and he's never blindsided. He knows what's going to happen. He knows every event in your life, however small, it's all foreordained. God isn't playing it by ear, nor is he ever worried Therefore, we know that Jesus was not hiding. He had and was still living and ministering and sharing his life in public, in plain sight. You know, to do so, as it is for me as a a pastor and for you who count yourselves as a disciple today, it's all such risky human proposition, isn't it? Operating openly and publicly, it affords the opportunity for the enemies of the kingdom to lie and to slander and to attack one this they have done to Jesus, and no doubt to a lot of us today also, sometimes even by those we once counted as friends, as in the case of Judas with Christ. In this, well, we share in the life and ministry of Christ. Verse three says, Judas then having taken a detachment of soldiers and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Judas, once a friend and confidant of Christ, he now would become his betrayer. If you ever have had this happen to you, you've experienced a little of what Jesus endured that night. You may, we may, never know what was in the heart and mind of Judas that evening, but we are safe in assuming that such an action could only have come through great pride and self-righteousness and, well, even blatant evil. With apparent staggering hubris, Judas came that night with a band or a cohort of troops and religious officers. Now, that exact number is debatable, but we do know a cohort is generally assumed to be between 200 and 600 men. So can you imagine that? An armed mob like that all to bring in just one man? (laughs) The irony isn't lost here. They came with lanterns to find the light of the world. They came with weapons to arrest the Prince of Peace. That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.